Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Y'all got the nerve, it's y'all turned like Detroit Red. When his head had an ultra perm, the long walk from burn, your bare heels, so the war you boots. The game camouflaged like army suits, but I can see it more clear, cause I came with the coop in here. Bring me along and form the truth. Send them out into the world, go to war on the flu. I really want to know who sings this song. I Googled it for like 10 minutes today, couldn't figure it out. This is the intro song to Winning Time, the great new uh, drum, drama series on. HBO, all about the rise and creation of the Showtime Lakers in the 1980s. Really well done, really entertaining. But I want to know who sings the intro song. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you know, text us, 406-888-1029. Missed anything in the first hour of the show, we talked Grizz and Bobcat football. Also had some very compelling guests from the backcountry sled patriots, Stan Spencer, along with Andrew Burrington of Onyx Maps, talking public lands, backcountry snowmobiling, and a bunch of other important things, mostly about discourse and being engaged. That's the whole point of everything in, when it comes to civilization, society. So they shared that message through the lens of the activities that they love. And we also touch a little bit about Artist Gilmore. You can find everything on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Sports Bet Montana, as well as The Advocates. It's a Tuesday, so that means it's Tagliari Tuesday I've been hankering for some Tagliari. Usually I go in there, uh, all, I mean, I go in there all the time, but I haven't been in there in a little bit, so I can't wait to go see those guys. I was gone most of March, but going to swing down there later this week, get myself a little Beach Boy sandwich, maybe some chips and a drink, probably even get whatever uh, nice old country wine they have on sale. We're going to send you down there as well. 406-888-1029. Call us right now. Caller number three. We have a $25 gift card for you to Taglieri Deli here in Missoula, 888-1029. Taglieri Tuesday, 
Best sandwiches anywhere in the Garden City. We'll start today with a couple different stories. We're down here at Studio 49 on the University of Montana campus, Gallagher Business Building. It's a Tuesday, so it's a business angle with Justin Angle. The overlay between business and sports. We do this every other week here on Nuanas Now, presented by Blackfoot Communications. And Justin, first of all, as I was coming down here, I got a first. This was actually like incredibly flattering. I, I couldn't believe how nice this was. Uh, a person that's sort of an associate of ours, which I'll tell you off air, but they wanted to gift their friend, who's a huge sports fan, with a lunch with me for their birthday. Wow, look at that. So she's like treating us to lunch, and this guy just wants to talk Grizz football. That's yeah. just what he wants for his birthday. Wow. So, so you're a hot commodity. I thought that was pretty nice, though. I thought that was really cool. So how much is he going to pay you to be the <laughs> gift? I think I think all I need is just the free sandwich, right? I think if I get a free sandwich, uh, cup of coffee. You're selling yourself a little short. I mean, if there's a market for culture, <laughs> you got to at least negotiate. See, I don't know if I necessarily want to start the business of selling <laughs> myself for birthday lunches, but I did think it was, it was cute and a, a funny idea. Yeah, so nice. uh, very fun. Uh, one other thing that I was thinking about as we were coming down here is, well, first of all, I have a question for you. Yeah. In terms of, uh, we're sitting here on this table, and you have these sweet new boom mics and all this awesome equipment, and it's just incredible what we can do now. Mm-hmm. And I love to appreciate all of the things that we have. I, th- I think about this always. We have our computers open. Right. So we can, like, enhance the conversations instantly by just quickly Googling something and checking a stat and all that sort of stuff. All that's so cool. But then there's the whole other side of this. And I was thinking this today. I've lived my life now for almost 35 years without ever effectively and or consistently using any sort of electronic calendar. Okay. I try to just have it in my brain. And this is the crux that I've reached in where I'm to the point now where I am so busy, I need one. I, Mm -hmm. I do. And the people I work with are always telling me this, but I also don't ever want to enter the realm of the world where I need one. Because I want to just have enough brain space to be able to memorize it all. That's the rub. I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah, I don't know what to you do. Know, I, I think you either got to make an intentional choice to keep your life simple enough where you can keep it all in your head. Sure. You get to the point where you can't, you either need to dial it back or you need to get the tool for the job. You know, I will say I had a bit of a similar experience during the peak of the pandemic. I went back to, you might remember, I went back to this device called a light phone. Sure. Which was like this super Luddite type of mobile phone. All it did was text and, and phone and um, had like a ink screen, so very low stimulation. And then last fall, when we started kind of going back to in-person instruction sure. and like half my meetings were in Zoom and half were in actual places, like I got, I was totally lost. I needed something to tell me where to go when. So I'm back on the iPhone. It's, it's crazy though, man. I think about it all the time, like with my Google Sheets and my Google Docs and oh, all yeah. these things. They're so great, such great tools. I just wonder what it, I don't know. I just wonder if there's a maximum capacity for our brains to be able to handle it. I'm sure there is, uh, you know, and, and brains kind of operate like scaffolding and sure. you know, things get crowded out. So, you know, right. you, you access new information. Uh, it has to get stored somewhere and other information, you know, sometimes gets moved out. So outsourcing that storage function to a calendar can free up space for for other things so i wouldn't necessarily hold on to it just out of principle unless you hold on to it out of principle because you're tied to this notion of striking at the right balance with your mm, business mm-hmm. interesting well i knew i knew you could lead me to uh, at least some sort of rational thinking about this uh the other thing and this, this is going to be sort of a wide meandering conversation about this but i do think it's a very interesting one i have been stuck on Something that I've talked about on this show quite a bit, but 
something that's sort of an undertold portion of sports history, and that is the 1970s in the NBA. Mm. And this leads me to a couple different entry points here. One, there's this amazing event coming up up at Grey Wolf Peak Casino on Evero Hill on April 29th. And, and I'm giving them fully free advertising right now because I think that this is really cool. They are doing a meet and greet with four former NBA stars. George the Iceman Gervin, Artis Gilmore, Michael Ray Richardson, and Calvin Murphy. Wow. Do you know who these people are? Yeah, that's an all-star lineup. So that's, that's great. But the Iceman cometh. I used to have that, uh, po- right. that Nike poster in my bedroom growing right. up. So I do think it's so interesting, though, because people of a certain age do remember, but then also so many people don't. And I thought it was so interesting that George Gervin and Artis Gilmore are both Top 50 players in yeah. NBA history. I mean, in yeah. the 50th anniversary and the 75th anniversary of the NBA, they did all 75 teams, and both those guys were on it. Yet a lot of people don't really know who they are. People around here know who Michael Ray Richardson is, of sure. course, because he went to the University of Montana. Calvin Murphy was a phenomenal college and pro player, but was sort of overshadowed on the Rockets teams that he starred on by you know Moses Malone, uh, Hakeem, Hakeem Olajuwon. But that then also got me thinking about sort of that lost era that is 1970s mm-hmm. basketball. And there's yeah. a ton of factors that go into it. There's the factor of that the ABA and the NBA were competing leagues for the first half of that decade. There's the factor of so many of the great stars of that time were black, were African-American, and uh, so much of America was not ready to compartmentalize yeah, that. probably. Uh, I think that there was also the the factor that college basketball just dominated on such a high level. Mm -hmm. And then there's also just the lifestyle part of it. Cocaine hit the American scene, and it perhaps hit the big cities on the East Coast and professional athletes in that realm, particularly in the NBA, harder than anywhere. So it's sort of this forgotten time in the league, especially before the merger and then after the merger. Aris Gilmore is one of those guys who sort of got caught in the wash. George Gervin, another one, played, you know, some of his formative years in the ABA which isn't as historically chronicled. Julia serving another one. But this all leads me to then the guy who I have been thinking about so prevalently, and it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. And I think about the entity and, and just the singular nature of his career and his person compared to then when it happens. And that's the discussion I want to have today is yeah. how sometimes people just don't have the right timing and also how important is the right timing. Because if you washed away... Uh, the conversion from Lou Alcindor to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the controversy behind that. If you took away Kareem's worldly nature and that he wanted to study all over the world, and during off-seasons he was not working out. He was climbing in the Himalayas or writing poetry or mm-hmm. shooting movies with Bruce Lee. You take all this exterior stuff out, though, you just look at his resume, you're like, man, this guy might be the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Yet he's not on the tip of anybody's tongue, and I wonder how much of that is just timing. Timing is everything in life. I mean, we know that from our own personal lives and just looking around. I mean, there is there's some data that indicate that that's true, not necessarily in the sports domain, but I think about a lot right now with students graduating. The benefits to graduating from college into a, a, a tight labor market, like a job market where it's right. a seller's market, are huge and enduring. Like these people coming out of college right now are going to get good jobs and they're going to get well paid. Right. And those benefits versus other cohorts that maybe graduated, you know, 2008, 2009. Like I, that's exactly when I graduated. Exactly. And my whole group of people. You'll never catch up. We, we, it, was a, it was a very long delay. It was yeah. probably a six-year stunt of... of I was lucky enough because I knew 
at least a path and route I wanted to take. And in journalism, especially in sports writing, talent and hard work sets you apart, period. Nobody cares about your resume or anything. If you give them five really good stories, they're going to be like, yes, you can do this. So I was lucky there. But you're, you're right. It does set you back. But even it, like in journalism, there's the cycle of the profession. I mean, if you sure. came out at a time where print journalism was more stable and under less pressure than it is now, or there's you know, more consolidation now, although now you're in a position where you can innovate with Skyline and reach sure. people in different sure. ways. So there is the, there's multiple factors here. It's like, what are the conditions of the economy? If we're getting back to sports, though, like what are the conditions of exposure how prevalent is the sport in the popular culture um what are other factors that like right now players can develop their own personal brands and talk to directly to, fir- to to fans through social media and that's for better or for worse i mean sure. i think that creates some opportunity for some players but some problems for others i mean we've totally. talked in this segment about how you know jordan came along at the perfect time because <laughs> You know, there's been speculation that he would not have survived, at least not in the same way, the social media era, just because of the public scrutiny. Everybody has a camera, every, you know, and you can post stories immediately. It's a little harder to contain and craft a, an image if you're living life in public that way. That was the reason why I started thinking about Kareem in the first place, right. because HBO released a documentary, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, The Minority of One. I think that came out maybe a couple years ago. Okay. It's been out for a little while. Um, but I hadn't really watched it. I, I had started it, didn't really get into it, whatever. But then I started watching Winning Time, this new drama mm. on HBO all about the rise of the Showtime Lakers. Yep. That's the other factor that got me thinking about the 70s versus the 80s and how these specific moments in time, whether it was the epic 1979 National Championship game between Larry Bird and Magic Bird and Johnson, Magic. Yep. then those guys being the first and second overall picks into the league, then the ways that those guys helped the league take off. Part of it is Jerry Buss buying the Lakers. That's what Mm -hmm. this show is all about. But then I also thought about place and time when it came to Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, because in the most recent Winning Time episode, spoiler alert here if you are watching it, but this is all you know documented history, so I, I don't know if I'm actually spoiling anything, but there's this great scene where Phil Knight comes up to Magic Johnson in the airport. This is circa 1980. Okay. And he's holding like a, a prototype of Nike. Yep. And he tells him, son, I want you to be the face of Nike. And he says, all I can promise you is $1 per pair of shoes and some number in stock options. Well, then they flash a graphic up on the screen and it says if Magic Johnson would have taken this deal back in 1980, (laughs) it would have been worth $5.2 billion, right? He said he wanted Converse. That's exactly right. And so there's just all these little moments in time, right? And then that brings it all the way around to this sort of debate between Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There isn't a debate at all. In, in terms of who's the greatest right, player. And you always have to wonder how much outside of the court influences the way we think about it, even if we're only thinking about on the court. Yeah, and I think, t- too, yeah, there's that sort of popular culture piece, but there's also the the rivalry and the, <clears throat> the sort of era in which somebody played in terms of the other talent on the court. I mean, Bird and Magic obviously was this sort of catalytic rivalry that, that transformed the league. Jordan comes in during this time where there's just tremendous talent in the league. For sure. Um, you know, all the heavy hitters, the Barclays, the Carl Malones, Bird and Magic still in play at that point. Some really, really good teams. If you look at LeBron James's career outside of the Warriors, there ha- and, and the Warriors never really... I mean, there was a period of a small period of years where they emerged as a major rival, but LeBron's moving around from team to team, For so sure. it's harder to track. So he's never had, like, the... Like the singular, I guess you, the only thing you could say about LeBron is like the 
the year he won the championship in Cleveland was sort of akin to the Jordan breaking through the Pistons in whatever that was, 92 maybe? Yeah. I can't remember uh, the year. I think it was 1990 would okay. be the first so, one. So, yep. like, that sort of epic journey existed kind of throughout the arc of our tracking of the Bulls or throughout the arc of the Lakers-Celtics um, rivalry. And we just haven't seen that with current NBA teams. For I mean, sure. The, 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 the Warriors to some extent, but then you add the Durant drama in and out, and he, like he's too big a superstar to kind of come in and out and not have an effect on the overall brand of the franchise. It is so interesting, and you wonder if they're marketing too many guys because there's too many teams in the league. I don't know. Could be. Hold that thought. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Uh, Justin Angle joining us. It's a business angle. We're down here at Studio 49 here on the University of Montana campus. And there's so many different things you just touched on there, which is so interesting. Uh, I was, I've also, I, if you can tell, I'm on a bender of this kind of, uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, listening, I'm listening to the Dream Team tapes, which is Jack <laughs> McCollum's new podcast, yep. where he's released some of the interviews that he did first for his Dream Team book, uh, and then for another uh, podcast series, which is the extension of it, which is the Redeem Team. Okay. The original uh, Dream Team tapes are so interesting because they're clearly recorded on a speakerphone with, like, <laughs> early 2000s technology. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're, you're talking probably 10 years out from when the Dream Team actually happened. Now they're just be, being released 20 years later. Do we get the full story on why Isaiah was boxed out of that team? Exactly. So they talk – there's one episode that's about – the, how the dream team was the singular pivot point for everything that happened in the NBA after that. <laughs> Larry Bird realized he couldn't hang anymore, so yep. he retired right after the Olympics. Magic Johnson realized that the hysteria and the, the paranoia around his HIV just wasn't going to be able to be dealt with, mm-hmm. so he re- retires again. Michael Jordan leads the Bulls to their third straight title, but then his father's brutally murdered, and he retires. Isaiah Thomas knows full well that these guys didn't want him on the team. It kills his confidence. He's never the same player again. So this whole moment in time was like this fundamental shift uh, in league history. But it also was this moment where Michael Jordan was all of a sudden anointed all at the same time. Like he got to prove to all these guys in person that he was better than all of them. And then they all subsequently retired and he's just the king of the league. So there is a lot of uh, place and time in that, too, in Jordan winning all these championships. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, there's that timing effect of that was the first time, you know, the U.S. sort of got fed up with throwing out college players and getting crushed by, you know, the Russians and the Lithuanians putting out their pro teams and some of the European teams as well. And so, yeah, that first moment of having the caliber of player in the Olympics, I mean, in some ways it kind of it changed the Olympics in many ways. For like sure. It kind of tarnished, in my view, like the... You know, the, the, the notion of amateurism was always not a pure notion. For sure. Um, so to sort of romanticize it, I don't think is accurate. However, it's fun to romanticize it. For and sure. You look at the Dream Team as this moment where, you know, the curtain was really pulled back and, you know, we put the pros out there and it changed everything. We, we'll circle back around, too. You mentioned something about uh, sort of the way that this could be marketed from a rivalry standpoint, mm-hmm. from a, a sort of interleague standpoint. And, and I had this thought as well because we've been debating baseball and sort of baseball's lack of character development, for lack of a better way of saying it. And I thought of a great argument to fortify my argument that Major League Baseball needs a new formula. And it's that Formula One has all of a sudden become very popular. It has. And why? Because they did a Netflix series about the drivers. And so then when you know about the drivers, like, man, I know that guy kind of. I'm going to go watch him race. And so you start watching Formula One. 
I think it's as simple as that, right? Sometimes you just need an entry point to the characters. Yeah, you need on-ramps to buy yeah. into stories, and characters are the way to build those relationships. I, I think you're right. I mean, and you would think, though, and this is sort of a nice little parable for how social media, social media operates in our society mm-hmm. in general. We think of it as this wonderful way to connect people and to share information, and it's actually become a total cesspool, and it has all these awful <laughs> right. effects on our psychology and our you know, self-worth and our relationships and our media and our politics that are really destructive, and we're just sort of finally coming to grips with it. So you could think of social media as this great outlet for individual athletes and or teams to mm-hmm. build on-ramps to fan relationships. But, you know, very few players who are outstanding at their craft on the court or on the field have the skill set to craft that personal brand in a really thoughtful way. And for a lot of them, like you, you talk, like Kevin Durant is a classic. Like you hear stories all the time about him. He reads everything that's written about him. That's going to sure. be pretty destructive. Well, and he used to have burner Twitter accounts to yeah. respond to the critics. And so that's like not a good way to run your personal brand. <laughs> and so you got an outfit. Or a good way to live your life, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, this is just rotting your brain for sure. But like you bring in a Netflix and you have them bring, you know, yeah. create a, a very well produced, thoughtful kind of story around these individuals that can be a powerful way to do it i think that's right i mean yeah i mean there's people that are that to my knowledge knew nothing about formula one who are now watching it all the time and and they attribute it to that show the uh, you also have to wonder because now there is this platform for everybody but there's also like like the meaning of a big market yeah. in in media and in pro sports leagues as well, particularly in the NBA, has changed so drastically. Because if you do get a, a, like a must-see guy, you'll get big-time national games a lot. It still gravitates toward the Lakers and the, the Bulls oh, yeah. and the Celtics and things like that. But it, 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 it is a, it, it's a factor, that who they show – but it's a lot easier to get your team on TV if you have a superstar right now. But you also then wonder, though, if that takes away from the rivalries, it takes away from sort of these super-duper stars like we used to have in the NBA because it's sort of spread so thin. They're, they're marketing so many guys. Or maybe, maybe there's not a capacity to it. Maybe you can have 30 superstars in the NBA. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's that's a tough question to evaluate. I, I think that you know superstars and the characteristics of those superstars can sort of create enough gravitational pull to bring people in. However, you know, the the inverse can be true in the sense that sometimes just like an amazing team without a superstar that does great things. I mean, we've seen that with kind of these, uh, you know, over the last few years, like Kansas City Royals and other kind of smaller market teams have been able to win championships and they haven't necessarily transformed their brand value as far as attendance and ratings deals and all of that. But they're having success, and I think there's there's fans that want to buy into those stories, too. Now, those stories are harder to sustain, right? It's not mm-hmm. like the Kansas City Royals are going to become the Yankees and endure in the popular culture. But there's opportunities for the smaller players to, to jump in there, too, and grab some share. A business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Justin Angle with me, Coulter Nuanas, here on Nuanas Now. Studio 49 down here at the Gallagher Business Building on the University of Montana campus. Why is professional wrestling, or it's not as enduring as it was because it's become about more than just the storytelling, but why was professional wrestling so popular in America for 40 years? People knew it was a 
a choreographed and de- right. predetermined result, but stories. Mm-hmm. Stories, personalities, um, and you just supply an inventory, right? They had cable access television. There were wacky times of the day. Cable was emerging with all these new ways for, you know, wacky channels where people could could watch it at different times. So I think it, it, it like, I kind of call it like the HBO effect, where when I was in college, my, my, my roommate would watch a lot of crappy movies because they were just on HBO. Like, what's on HBO? Well, I don't know, but it's a great movie because it's on. It's sort of like the, the Atlanta Braves. Everybody kind of from my generation really liked the Atlanta Braves because they were on TBS all the time. So you could say the same thing about about many kind of sports, like roller derby. There was a time where I liked roller derby because it was just on when I had time in my schedule. So, like, there was a semester where I was really into roller derby. And, uh, you know, I think add that access and that availability to the crazy, wacky stories. I mean, even even though you know it's sort of choreographed, like people like reality TV. We all sure. turn into The Bachelor, Survivor. I don't even know the name of the shows now. Like, sure, they're so contrived. Totally. But people love it, even though they know it's choreographed, because it's just crazy stories. Well, that's why I always give those guys so much credit, because you can say what you want about, again, the a competitive element of professional wrestling, but from an acting and character building and sustaining performance element. It's incredible. I mean, Hulk Hogan and like Randy, Macho Man Randy Savage are a couple of the greatest characters in our like 21st or 20th century sports lore. And even though it's not like live fighting, just the toll it takes on the body. Oh, no question. Those guys are really putting it out there. I mean, you can say that the the end result is faked, but when Hulk Hogan lifts somebody over his head and slams him on the mat, that happened. That's not like fake. (laughs) It just doesn't have maybe anything to do with the results. So that's all to come full circle then uh, for two different thoughts. One, I think that this launching point for the NBA to become, I mean, now probably the second most popular sport in America. Mm. Yeah. And I think the, the, the NBA sort of, we'll come back to this maybe in a future segment, but I think it has an outsized presence in the popular culture versus its actual ratings and attendance. Totally. I think but part of that's because of the superstardom, Indeed. right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge NBA fan. I love the NBA. I study the NBA. I study all of it. I don't watch the NBA during the regular season at all. So that's it. I talk about it all the time. I listen about it all the time. I read about it all the time. Tonight, with the beginning of the NBA playoffs, I will now watch it for a full two and a half months, almost every night. But I haven't watched it hardly at all. I mean, I've watched like four games this Mm -hmm. whole year. So, But then you wonder, though, David Stern is, is the architect of all this. He is the one that brought this thing into the into the present yeah. with, with his ability to cultivate these stars. I find it very interesting, though, that this has never been really replicated in any of the other major American sports. Mm-hmm. You'd think this would be a model that the NHL or baseball would want to use, but it seems like they just haven't been able to grasp it. Yeah, I think those sports are different. Like, you just can't... Maybe in hockey you could do this. Mm-hmm. Um, just have, like, one or two players can make... A, one player can make such a monumental difference right. on a team rather instantly that doesn't really work that way in baseball. It doesn't really work that way in football. It's a great point. Hockey, perhaps, but even with hockey, I mean, it's it's 
the shifts are so short, so somebody yeah. can't play, you know, whatever hockey game is, three periods, 60 minutes. They're not going to, like, Jordan would play sometimes all 48 minutes. In hockey, you're going to play a third of the minutes. I, I don't know if somebody fact-checked me on that, but not sure. as many, right? Right, totally. You're going to take it out a lot. And you got all this gear on, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, basketball players are practically naked. Um, so we can actually sort of see who they are and get connected with their personalities. That's part of it, too, I think. Yeah, so then the last question on this subject, then, is is how much differently... Do you think that maybe somebody like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would have been received and marketed if he came up at a different time? Because Kareem, yeah. he he was at the very end of his time at UCLA, right at the end of the civil rights 60s, and he was a part of a very active group. Yeah, He quickly became friends with a lot of polarizing characters in America, like Malcolm X, like uh, Elijah Muhammad, like Muhammad Ali. He was in the same vein of sort of standing for something beyond just the game of basketball. He changes his name, all these things. And then oh, yeah. he also plays, he wins his five MVPs during this sort of dark age of NBA history yeah. in the 1970s. So you wonder, even if he just would have been moved up 10 years, what it would have, how much different it would have been. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and this is maybe an indirect answer to your question. You know, I think the moment we've lived through in the last three years, you know, with COVID and then the sort of, um, you know, G George Floyd being murdered and the associate, associated racial protests and, and, and yeah. growing awareness of injustice and inequity in our society. What sports have kind of, what we've missed as a culture is a personality in the popular culture that can bring people together. Right. You know, LeBron has tried, like the NBA and the and, and and baseball and football have tried to like wrap themselves in some of this movement, but what they've lacked is sort of a spokesperson mm -hmm. who has been eloquent, you know, and and authentic. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was that for sure, and, and Muhammad Ali was that. Those those two guys lived the message, lived with lived their values for sure. And so, you and, know, whether but, I mean timing and place, you wonder what about Muhammad Ali too, though, because he was actually even he was more well received because he was ten years earlier than Kareem yeah, as well. Yeah, and so you know the kind of you live in the moment you live, right? And so you know maybe those two guys just sort of their value set and the way they carried themselves publicly and the things they did in and out of their sport were sort of determined by the situation they were living through and the facts on the ground as they were living them. However, you know, I do think it's an interesting thought exercise, both from a performance on the court, the enduring legacy, and the effect they'd have on the popular culture and the politics of the era. I think, I don't know if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, if he existed right now today, would be more popular or more beloved. I don't know. But his fame would be unbelievable. Yeah. If you were to replicate the exact same thing, three straight Final Fours, three Final Four MVPs, then uh, NBA championship in Milwaukee and four other MVP awards, and then another champion or another uh, MVP in LA, and then five more championships right. in LA. And then you talk about he's in four different movies. He's friends with Bruce Lee. He's traveling all over the world. The chronicle of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would have been absurd. I mean, yeah. he, he would have been so exposed and likely overexposed if he lived now. So or if, you, he, if he was famous now. Are you working me. on a Kareem book proposal? <laughs> I know. You're going well, deep on and, Kareem. And then, and then I, I just think it's crazy yeah. that he's not talked about more because now he's like this prominent journalist and columnist. He's not just a talking head. Yeah. He writes true, like, eloquent newspaper. I mean, he wrote the cover story 
about LeBron James when LeBron James was the sports person of the year for Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. a couple years ago, and it was as good as if Jack McCallum or S.L. Price wrote it. It was amazing. I just don't think Kareem gets enough credit. As this uh, the Minority of One documentary says, uh, Pat Riley says it. He says Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the most, the singularly most misunderstood athlete and American in the history of this country. Yeah, I think that resonates. I'd buy into that thesis. I'm going to go see that documentary now. You're going to love it. Yeah. I, I, I just, you just wonder. Sometimes, I, guys, as Kareem said in the in his own documentary, he says, "Unfortunately, I was typecast as something that I'm not." Yeah. Unfortunately, I was typecast as the brooding black man when really I was just trying to be a worldly person. And uh, it is interesting. It's very interesting. Absolutely. And you wonder, too, like how much the, the name change affected. Absolutely. Um, Especially you know, because he had been so prominent as Lou Alcindor. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and what is, I mean, it's like yeah, the only thing I can sort of equate it to is like rebranding in the corporate world. Um you know, it it, it it gets complicated. And that, that was the time where we're starting to see, like, the rise, not only in sort of Middle Eastern terrorism, but also the publicity associated with some of those hijackings, the Achille Loro, Pan Am, all sorts of things around that. So the, the salience of that as a, as a threat to the populace um, probably was an effect, too. And, you know, have this fellow that changes his name. People are like, oh, my gosh, is he more militant than we thought he was? We're actually quite peaceful and exactly and lives a wonderful life it is it's very fascinating the last thing i learned in this uh odyssey of of studying kareem was that once upon a time there was a running back for the miami dolphins named kareem abdul jabbar i believe i remember that yeah and he wore number 33 right and kareem sued him formerly luel center sued this kareem abdul jabbar uh, not out of any sort of spite, but just because he felt that the man was monetizing his name by selling 33 jerseys that just happened to be Miami Dolphins jerseys instead of the Lakers. I just thought that was such an interesting detail. Comes full circle. <laughs> Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Our good friend Justin Angle here at Studio 49 on campus, University of Montana, Gallagher Business Building. This is a good one, man. Thank you. Yeah, you landed the ship. Nice job. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, we will be back with our Treasure State Stars right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today.
Old Decemberists for you here on your Tuesday evening. The Decemberists coming to the Kettle House Amphitheater August 3rd here in Missoula. So excited for that. Colin Malloy, the founder of the band, a Helena native. Concert season got kicked off for me at least this last weekend. I made a list of all the shows I want to go to, and uh, <laughs> a little overzealous, perhaps. I think I got 19 on my list. <laughs> Last year, uh, if you remember, if you've been following along, I uh, went to five shows in 13 days, including going to Guns N' Roses and Nathaniel Rateliff back-to-back nights. My goodness, was it fun. My God, did I need a nap. <laughs> so fun but it was like staying up till midnight every single night and uh you know i mean i stay i'm a night owl anyways i stay up late but staying up and dancing your your uh dancing the night away is a little different than you know just cooking dinner and writing stories or whatever i do welcome back nuana's now espn radio swx montana television hopefully i'll see some of you guys out there at the amphitheater at the wilma whatever uh wherever we might be should be a great summer uh, of music. Very excited for it. The uh, next concert on my dock, it's actually coming up on Sunday. Charlie Crockett at the Wilma. Although, I'm a little late and I uh, heard it's sold out. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll be jockeying for, to get a ticket somewhere along the lines. Let's dive into our Treasure State Stars. Some of the top individual performances from across the state of Montana. Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, one of the best places in all of western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Treasure State Star number one. We usually like to spread the love here, and uh, it takes extreme efforts to not to to be on the list uh, several times because there's a lot of athletes and and performers that have landed on the list, but usually it's never two weeks in a row. But Daniel Hardy, Montana State, former Montana State defensive end, He was one of our Treasure State Stars last week because of his outstanding performance at Montana State's Pro Day that included an eye-popping 41-inch vertical as well as, to me, almost equally as eye-popping, 10-foot-7 in the broad jump and 4.6 seconds flat in the 40. The guy plays defensive end. It's pretty explosive. That, though, lands him on our Treasure State Stars for the second week in a row because Daniel Hardy... It didn't just impress me. It impressed the NFL. He has been on a tour right now. I follow him on Instagram and chat with him a little bit. And uh, he has already made visits to Seattle to chat with the Seahawks, Arizona to chat with the Cardinals, Las Vegas to chat with the Raiders. And he's on, he was on his way to Chicago today. So uh, incredible story. Uh, a guy who was primarily a basketball player at a private school in Portland lost his father tragically the football coach at the school, who was sort of a father figure, talked him into coming out for football because he said he would like the familial aspect of it. He ended up falling in love with the game, but he'd only played it for a little while, so he went to the College of the Siskiyous, which is a junior college down in California. After one year, Montana State takes a chance on him, and Hardy transforms into one of the most explosive defensive ends I've covered in my time in the Big Sky Conference. By the time he finally found his home on the edge, 17 sacks and 25 tackles for loss last year. And uh, he's continued to transform his body, and uh, he's got he's got a real shot. I think he has a really I think he has a an outside shot of getting drafted. I think he absolutely has a shot. 
and landed in, in a camp. Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Treasure State Star number two. Lindsay Ockler, she is a Frenchtown High School graduate. She grew up in Houston, just right outside of Frenchtown. She competes in gymnastics for Southeast Missouri, and she earned a gold medal on Sunday at the United States Gymnastics Women's Collegiate National Championships individual events. These The finals were in Ithaca, New York. Ockler tied with her teammate Jolie Miller in the bar event, so they shared gold. They turned in identical bar scores of 9.925. So very impressive. Ockler only a freshman. The mark was her personal best. So a gold medal, a national championship in women's gymnastics at the collegiate level for Frenchtown's own Lindsay Ockler. Pretty interesting. Pretty uh, pretty cool for her. Pretty cool for someone from this neck of the woods. Treasure State star number three. How about the Grizz lacrosse team? They have had a phenomenal spring. We've had the great pleasure of bringing you all the action here on ESPN Radio. We also just this last week launched our ESPN Montana app where you can find all of the great streams of those games. Great job by Tommy Evans for developing the app. Great job by Jeff Safford and his right-hand man, Steve, for getting the uh, stream going, for exploring this uh, new technology that we got. and It's looking really good. So the Grizz, they have been really good in lacrosse. They have now won... Three out of their last four matches, including sweeping the weekend in North Dakota this last weekend. They defeated um, North Dakota State 9-7, to and then they defeated Dickinson State 13-2. to So the, the Grizz lacrosse team back home this weekend, one final home weekend of the regular season. Central Washington and Western Washington in town. Friday, 7.30 p.m. against Central at Washington Grizzly Stadium. And then Saturday at noon against Western Washington. So you find all that action on the ESPN Montana app or right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. And uh, we will be hearing from head coach Tucker Sargent tomorrow as part of our ESPN roundtable. We'll also get some feedback from Jeff Safford, who's slid in quite nicely as the voice of the Grizz lacrosse team as well. He'll join us on Thursday to give us a little preview of what to expect for the weekend. Treasure State star number four, the Montana State Athletic Department, specifically Montana State Athletic Director Leon Costello, for inking Danny Sprinkle to a four-year contract extension. Speculated that Sprinkle might leave. Instead, Sprinkle's going to stay. The contract is a very good one. I went over it last night. We'll break it down later on this week. He got himself some great incentives. He upped the buyout, and uh, he's going to make it at least challenging for another school to pluck him away from his alma mater. So always good for the schools in Montana to have stability in the coaching ranks, especially when it's a prominent coach like Danny Sprinkle, who was the Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year. Treasure State star number five, Hunter Green, a former Billings Mustangs standout, played American Legion ball here in Montana. He got his first win at the Major League Baseball level, pitching for the Cincinnati Reds. He lived up to his billing as a top prospect with an uh, with his overpowering velocity. He regularly touched 100 miles per hour on the radar gun, topped out at 102 in the fourth inning, and was still hitting triple digits in his final inning. He allowed... Three runs, four hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts in five full. So Hunter Green, a Billings product, his first win in Major League Baseball. Very cool. I know we had a couple Bobcat angles, so let's throw a Grizz one out there. Aaron Fonts. I thought he was the standout of the Grizz spring game. He caught a touchdown. He also had a hilarious play where he chased down Dylan Simmons after Simmons had what people thought was going to be an end zone-to-end zone, 99-yard pick six. Not so fast. 
Fonts runs behind the entire Grizz bench, out of bounds, comes back inbounds, tackles Simmons. He could never get away with it in a game. I think Bobby Houck would just rip his head off. <laughs> but it was funny in the spring game, especially as the thing worn down, and it sort of sort of showed uh, the charisma of the kids. So uh, fun ending there in uh, in Hamilton. So there you go. That's your Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, one of the best places to get a loan in all of Western Montana because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. What's going on the rest of the week? We'll let you know. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. blood for you here on a Tuesday. If you don't know about these guys, Google it. Watch their concert at Wembley Stadium. This is a two-man band. Just a bass and a pair of drums. A set of drums. Unbelievable the sounds that they can make. One of my favorite bands that you might not know about. Super cool. Nuana's Now ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television. Thanks for kicking it with us here on your Tuesday. Time now for the final word presented by Eagle Satellite. Have you heard about the great prices on TV and internet? Eagle Satellite is offering. They have TV packages starting at $57.99 and internet for just $50 a month. Eagle Satellite, locally owned and operated, and have been serving Montanans for more than 40 years. I must say, I messed up. The Billings Mustangs are a Pioneer League team. They are not an American Legion team. The uh, Hunter Green is not from Billings. (laughs) He just played uh, for like one week in Billings in the Pioneer League. So my fault, got a ramble and got off track. The point is a guy who was once upon a time in the Billings Mustangs minor league system, he got his first major league baseball win, so it tied to Montana. He was uh, a guy that was talked about a lot when he was in the Pioneer League. You can find everything from today's show, whether it was Grizz and Bobcat football, to the guys from the backcountry sled Patriots and Onyx Maps, to a little lesson about Artist Gilmore, to the business angle with Justin Angle, and our Treasure State Stars. You can find it all on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the Advocates, as well as Sportsbet Montana. Tomorrow we'll be back at it. Tucker Sargent, Grizzly Cross coach, will join us for our ESPN roundtable to preview the final weekend of the regular season. We'll also have a continuation of our history lessons about some of these former NBA and ABA superstars that are coming to Montana. We'll also talk a little NBA playoffs, a little uh, college football recruiting, and we'll also talk a little prep softball. So that'll be very fun to get all of that under our hats. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here 
today. It was uh, a fun show. It's always a fun show. It's always fun hanging out with the, all of you guys. Hopefully, it stops snowing and blowing. I'm uh, I'm ready for full on golf season. I'm ready for my my early morning golf rounds. That ain't happening with how it's been so blustery and blizzardy. But uh, we will get back around to it. Hopefully soon. Hopefully we got consistent sunshine in the near future. Go download that ESPN Montana app. We love you to do it. In the meantime, have yourself a phenomenal evening. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.